So, are you DTFF? Drinking and talking fantasy football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome back to DTFF, folks. Happy Tuesday evening if you're joining us live. Thank you so much for joining us. We love to have you. We love your comments in the chat. Keep them coming. And welcome to the show. Jake, my co-host, how are you doing on this most excellent day of twos? Day of twos? Is that yeah. how we refer to Tuesdays from here out? Could be. I'm just trying it out. See, I'm just taking it for a stroll. See how it feels. <laughs> Monday, one day. Tuesday, two day. I get it. I think it all plays fine. Uh, and I'm doing better now that I'm going to start calling it Day, day of, twos. of Twos from here forth. From henceforth, it shall be known as that. And that makes me happy. So even without that, though... I was already doing good. Sir, how are you? I am doing much better now. Who doesn't love podcasting and talking fantasy football all night long? Stupid people. Stupid people don't like that, Dustin. Yeah, this is true. This is true. So, yeah, I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. We've got another great show this evening. We're talking about Dynasty. This is very Dynasty-focused this evening. Dynasty players were cut and bait on. And we're not saying they're dead to the Dynasty world. This is just players that we feel like time to time to move on from them. So they're dead to us, Dustin. It it should be an interesting conversations, interesting conversations, because I'm sure some of these uh, uh, players that we each have are going to be a little controversial here and there. So it it should be fun. I'm looking forward to this. But before we get into it, what are we drinking, Jake? This week's was provided by my lovely wife, who works at Delta Beer Lab, and I love these little freebies that she brings home. This week, we're enjoying their porter. Now, Dustin, I know your history with porters, and they are very hit or miss. I think just a couple Mm -hmm. of episodes, we went through this whole thing, so I'm very curious to know if you like this one or not. Get that smell. Get that sniff test right under it. Yeah. Uh How's it feel? This one's not too bad. Um, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, like like all porters, they're they're they taste thin to me. They don't have that nice heavy body that a stout has, which is what I really like. But this yeah, makes yeah, yeah. up for it with a little bit of roast. I think there's some good roasty undertones to it. Uh, Would you like call a, it nutty? I wouldn't call it nutty. Okay. No, uh, but there's there's almost like a like a char, like a burnt undertone. That doesn't sound good and appealing at all. It's in a good way. Okay. It's it's in a good way. It's like burnt toast, but in liquid. I didn't say burnt (laughs) toast. Okay. But I think a char, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Fair enough. Fair enough. But it it is a very tasty beer. Okay. One of of my more favorite porters. Let's put it that way. Well, I'm glad to hear that. All right, we don't need to dwell too much on the beer. I've had this mm-hmm. one before. I really like this one. I like all their beers, though, to yeah. be fair, for the most part. So this yeah. one is just right up still towards the the beefy middle of mm-hmm. their Orva Ouvre. How do you say that? It's like their catalog of things, but it's French. It's the French catalog. I don't know. Fuck the French. 
<laughs> wow, coming out swinging against the French. What did yeah. the French do to you, Dustin? They made a ridiculous language that I can't speak. <laughs> because English is so not ridiculous. I didn't say English was not ridiculous. It's probably the worst language in the world, to be honest. But I it mean, seems like the I can't. Language. I can't move my mouth and my tongue in the way that the French need you to, and I, that's. It's a me thing. It's not a French thing. It's a me thing. Let's. You, you don't know. have a sophisticated enough no. mouthful to be able to form the words no. that are required for French. I get no. that. Uh, okay, but before we get into our next segment, which Dustin, I'm always excited about our drunk trade. Mm-hmm. We actually do have a question here popping up in the chat straight yep. out the gate from Charlie. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Charlie. Says he drafted Russ and Stafford in a keeper league. Got a Marquise Brown for Russ offer. Now, I am assuming this is a one QB league. If this was Superflex, right. I would say, get the hell out of here immediately with this. Absolutely. So we're going to assume a one quarterback league. So in that case, you already have Matt Stafford. Do you feel comfortable trading Russell Wilson for Mark Quee's Hollywood Brown? Uh, personally, no. Um, I feel like you can get a little bit more value for Russ than than Marquise Brown. Although I'm not a big Marquise Brown believer. I know he had a very good season last year. I don't know that that repeats. I'm sorry. I've just I've never been a big believer in in uh, Marquise. So for me, uh, I got a pass, dog. Uh, I, I would try um, countering for someone maybe in that next tier up, uh, whether it's wide receiver or running back, personally. What about you, Jake? I don't mind that. And if we're talking about a one-quarterback league, I really don't care to have two quarterbacks at this level on my roster. I would mm-hmm. rather get rid of one of them because, again, we're talking about, uh, you know, a, a one-quarterback league. <laughs> so I'm just going to go ahead and say... Get rid of whoever has more hype. In this case, I do think it would be Russell Wilson just getting that tasty trade. I think you could get a lot more than Hollywood Brown for him. So he's asking, uh, what is the value that you could get back? Well, for a Russell Wilson type, like you said, I think you could go one tier higher in the wide receiver range. I think you could maybe get a Michael Pittman type of player, and I would be more comfortable with that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just trying to pull up. I pulled up Fantasy Pros here, and um, I'm trying to see. So Russell Wilson in just their PPR dynasty ranks. I know this is keepers, so it's a you know not quite the same. Um, but Russ right now is 86th uh, at QB nine off the board, uh, and. Marquise is 71. So, I mean, that's not terrible value, but just looking just above where that's at, um, you got Mike Williams. Um, you got Russ's teammate, Cortland Sutton. You got playoff Lenny, James Conner. I mean, there's, there, there's a handful of players there that I, I think I would, I would rather have other than Marquise there. I think that's fair. So basically ratchet it up. Push back a little bit. This is the time for counters. To just see yeah, the... just a little bit. I mean, just just I mean, don't I mean, you could try to shoot for the moon, but I mean, I'm personally not that guy. But um, yeah, I, I would try to just go a little bit tear up if, if you can. And I like to assign a value in rookie picks in these situations since we are pre rookie draft. 
if you think, Dustin, that somebody came out offering the 201, let's say, the top of the second round pick in a 1QB league, would you take that for us? Um, roster dependent, but probably. I, I, it seems a little low, but... Um... I think we're in super flex brain sometimes, though. Uh, we are. Speaking only. Yeah. No, no, I totally. That's why. I, I mean, I think that's probably fair in a one QB league. Fair. All right. I, I, well, there you go. So those are the players. That's the pick that we're comfortable with with Russ. But you could probably get even higher uh, than that, honestly. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Again, one quarterback <laughs> leagues, I do feel like there's this weird disconnect in my brain sometimes when we talk about that. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Should we get into our drunk trade of the week? You know it. All right. Let me find the button. Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 trade of the week. This week's trade comes to us from one of our favorite people on this podcast, Toronto Dave. What's up, Toronto Dave? Who submitted this beauty of one here, Dustin. Now, I was going to try and screen share this, and StreamYard really does not like me to do that, apparently. So, <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. You're just going to have to listen, Dustin. Oh, How about fine. That? You're going to have to absorb what I'm saying to you. So it is a 12-team Superflex, so we're back to that value system that we're a little bit more comfortable with. PPR. Thoughts? W or L, Dave asks. Dave is receiving Evan Ingram, newly signed to Jacksonville, Amon-Ra St. Brown, Lamar Jackson, burying the lead there, mm -hmm. and then the 108 in this year's draft. Okay, okay, so Lamar, the 108, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Evan Ingram really went in reverse order of importance there. I apologize. And this next one, uh, the other side to this is Matt Stafford, Christian Kirk, also newly signed to the Jacksonville Jaguars, Rashad Bateman, the 103, and the 207. This is a, this is a lot. So to break it this is. down, pick-wise... He gets the 108. He sends away the 103 and the 207. It's Lamar versus Stafford. It's Amon Ra versus Rashad. And it's Christian Kirk versus Evan Ingram, if you want to look at it that way. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of pieces. It's a lot involved. But Dustin, this is a tipsy trade, says Dave. A six and a half out of ten on the tipsy scale. How do you think he did considering that? Um, and he got the Lamar side Correct. or the Stafford. He got the, he Lamar, got the Lamar side. side. Uh, not too bad. I, I think, I honestly think I would probably take the Lamar side on this. Um, oh, one Lamar, I think, uh, well, he's a lot younger than Stafford. Uh, he's got the Konami code, uh, the rushing ability, which is very highly valued in fantasy football these days. Uh, we saw what Amon Ross St. Brown did last season. While I don't think he's going to finish quite that high, you love seeing that as a rookie. And um, he should be a very useful piece for many years to come. Evan Ingram, maybe a change of scenery will do him some good. I don't know. That's kind of the one weak piece out of that. 
Um, and then the 108, you're still going to get a very good player in a super flex league at the 108. You could get uh, probably the number, at a minimum, probably the number four wide receiver off the board at that point, um, which you would probably take over Bateman or Kirk, to be honest. Um, Evan Ingram, you could say, is for the 207. I don't know. Yeah, I like. I just like the Lamar side. I know you're you're getting some pieces and a couple more picks, but um, you're getting younger, and and I do like you know the 108. It's nothing to sniff at. It's not. I wouldn't sniff at it. I wouldn't sneeze at it. I wouldn't do any of those things. But I also am of the mold. I'm not good enough at rookie evaluations, and knowing that about myself, I want one of the top tier rookies. So mm -hmm. the 103. It was a big edge to me for this and also you know how i feel about amon ross st brown and his right it's unlikely to repeat and so and i love rashad bateman i think this might be more about rashad bateman than anything else in this trade quite frankly of that guy i don't believe in amon ross st brown as much i do agree lamar is definitely the better quarterback to have especially as we're talking long term but matt stafford is going to be, for as long as he's allowed to head the Rams, he's going to be a top quarterback. Mm -hmm. And Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, I don't care. I don't care about either of them. They're they're nothing. So to me, I would actually rather have the Stafford side, but it's not horrible by any stretch. Like in terms of drunk trades, he rated himself a six and a half on the tipsy scale. I'd say in terms of badness overall that we've seen in this segment, it's like yeah. a three. Maybe. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, well, under five. I mean, this is a, this is not a bad trade whatsoever for either side. It, it really comes down to who you like more. Who do you believe in? Do you believe in Lamar? Do you believe in Stafford? Do you believe in Bateman? You know, I, it really it really just, just comes down to who you, who you like more. That's right. So well done on an even drunk trade. Mm -hmm. I'm proud. This is what drunk trades should look like. And if they look like this more often... People would make them more often. That's right. Very, very true. Oh, well, that felt good. Should we move on here and, and talk about uh, some players we want to cut bait on? Let's get our knife. For... Let's get out our fork. Let's dig into this meat. All right, Jake, why don't you start us off this week? I would love to. So just so we're all on the same page about what we're talking about here, these are players we are cutting bait on, as you mentioned up at the top. Doesn't mean they are without value. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean, dear God, it doesn't mean you should be dropping them. Please don't yes, <laughs> misconstrue please, God, it that don't. way. However, we are both of the mind that these players would be much better to be on somebody else's team so that you can get whatever value it is you're going to get out of them which we'll discuss on a player-by-player -player basis, but basically just get them off your teams. Mm -hmm. Trade them away. And the first person that I would like to trade away, I mean, I can't because he's not on any of my rosters, but if he were, I'd be trading away Deshaun Watson. I'm going to talk about him very quickly. This isn't even about all of the terrible off-the-field issues. Not even about that. Personally, I don't like to have him on my teams for that reason, but no harm, no foul if you do. That's fine. Some people can compartmentalize that, mm -hmm. and that's all good. It's all up to the way that you want to play fantasy football. 
That's right. I like having players on my team that I can root for. I don't like these kind of guys on my team. But anyways, enough about that. The actual fantasy value portion of this on the field. Still not great. Because I know people are excited in terms of he's back and they remember what his fantasy value was the last time that he played. But he's going to the Browns. He's going to a Kevin Stefanski Browns offense. We have three years of Stefanski. He's either a head coach or offensive coordinator where we can see what this looks like for his quarterbacks. And it ain't good. We've got pass attempts. They've never ranked above 28th in the league under Stefanski. Passing yards, never higher than 23rd in the league. Passing touchdowns are fine, basically middle of the road. Not good enough to make up for those other two statistics. And there's still the issue we do have to consider where the off the field meets the on the field part, which is we don't know what the suspension's going to look like for him yet. It's very, mm-hmm. very likely he misses a good chunk, if not all, of the 2022 season. The Browns basically factored that in to their contract with him. That's basically how it was structured, was saying, well, good chance he's out for 2022. Now you've got a quarterback who's been out of football for two years that you have to hold on your roster for another year. When he comes back, will he look the same? Maybe. Maybe he will. I mean, from a pure talent perspective, sure, maybe. But again, he's not coming back to his old offense. He's not coming back to having to be the hero of the offense. He's coming back to a defensive-minded, run-heavy offense. And none of that makes me want him. Again, all the other stuff aside. I'd much rather take like a Trevor Lawrence or a Trey Lance plus like a first-round pick which is pretty much what the value would be like right now before the suspension and stuff comes out. If you wait too long, though, that's not going to be the case. That value is going to go away fast once the reality sinks in. That's what I'm saying. Get him off your team right now. Again, whatever, however you want to play this game, fine. But try to get the most points, at least. And I do not believe that Deshaun Watson is going to be that guy for your team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's really hard to say, um, only because, yes, Stefanski, that's the type of offense he likes to run. But let's be honest, he's never had a quarterback quite like Deshaun Watson at his disposal either. Uh, Baker, not much of a rusher. Kirk Cousins, not much of a rusher. I mean, yes, they can both scramble and 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 pick up some yards on the ground if the pocket breaks down, but that's typically not what either one of them want to do. They want to throw the ball downfield. And, and pass um, or just hand the ball off to their amazing running backs that they have on their respective teams. Um, so it, it is hard to say how this offense will look moving forward with Watson. And even if he does play this year, which I think he will, I don't think he'll be suspended for the entire season, honestly. Um, but yeah, it, it will be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um I'm I'm with you. I I don't have him on any teams. I'm not actively trying to trade for him at this point, only because he's been out of football for over a year now. And has he kept himself in game shape? I'm assuming so. I mean, he was at practice all year long last year, 
Um, it's not like he was just sitting at home doing nothing. So he just wasn't suiting up and, and playing on Sunday. So I'm assuming he's still in game shape, but how rusty is he going to be trying to learn a whole new offense? Not only a whole new offense, but brand new wide receiver in town, um, which I'll be talking about next year, uh, foreshadowing. And um, yeah, and so it's it's hard to say how this is all going to fit together um, with the team. And and so yeah, I'm a I'm a little bullish on him. I I'm not. I, I'm personally going to try to stay away as well. If you could trade him away right now, I mean, you could get, especially in the Superflex League, probably two first plus for him. I mean, people are anointing him top five finish this season. And which, yes, traditionally that's what he's done. And he's had worse offensive pieces around him. But he has no never running had, game. I would he's say he had no running, had game. running game. Yep. That, and that's just what I was going to say. He had no running game. So he had to throw it downfield and rush a lot. So, yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm with you, Jake, on this one. I don't. Um, I, 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 I would try to trade him now while the value is high. Fair. Let's get off that icky, ickiness. Let's talk about somebody that you're looking to cut bait on. Who is it that you do not want on your teams? Yeah, I, 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 I'm going to stay with, um, the Browns here and we're going to talk Amari Cooper real quickly here. Um, just as long as we're, we're already in this mode with this, this offensive scheme. Again, not much to add from what we already said. I think a lot of that translates over from the offensive system. Amari coming onto a new team, new quarterback. We've seen him change teams before and do very well. But again, we don't know what this offense is going to look like. It's traditionally, you know, run heavy. And Amari Cooper, the last few seasons, while he hasn't missed a lot of games, he has been dinged up, um, which causes him not to be very involved or miss time throughout the game. Um, this last season, you know, we saw him dinged up. He did play 15 games, but he wasn't the focus of the offense. And granted, that whole offense in Dallas was kind of a mystery of why they weren't better than they were. Um, but he, he had, you know, one of his worst seasons to date um, as a pro, uh, except for his third season in the league when he was, you know, missed a bunch of games. So is that, and, and if we're expecting him to do better than what we saw at the Dallas offense, I mean, I, I don't know. I just don't see it. Um, While well, you can make a case, I guess, on paper that Watson and Dak, yeah, they're, they're you could argue that kind of washes out quarterback wise but offensive scheme he's now the de facto number one wide receiver on this team where you don't have a lot of other options aka amari cooper uh the tight end position i mean there's just you know even even cedric wilson flashed for god's sakes you know and and was a good wide receiver for them i just don't see the same amount of talent on cleveland and couple that with what we just talked about with the offensive scheme that we've traditionally seen out of there the last couple seasons. I don't see how Amari Cooper is going to be gaining in value at all. So if there's someone in your league that really likes him, I mean, if you can get any first, I would take the 112 um, and I would smash that without even thinking about it. I mean, as gross as it sounds, even, even like to the 204, 205, I'd be willing to part with uh Cooper at this point just to get out from underneath him because I think his best days are behind him 
Will he probably be a wide receiver two come the end of the season? Yes, but I don't think it's going to be very consistent. And I think there's other guys I would rather go after in that range that offer potentially more upside. Yeah, boy, we, we've always disagreed on Amari Cooper. I think I'm finally coming around on your side. And there is an opportunity to sell based on perceived volume. Because like you said, he's now the de facto number one there. Well, great. But people do remember Amari Cooper as the de facto one, even with the Raiders. And it didn't always look pretty. And that was a much more beneficial offense for fantasy, only for fantasy, of course. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so if you can get that bump too in value now out there, I don't think you have to sell him for a second. I think you could get him for, you know, a second plus a respectable piece back for Amari Cooper still. And in which case, I'm all about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just saying at worst that that's what I would do. Um, again, I don't have him on any of my teams, so I don't face this conundrum. But if I did, I mean, I I would personally just be trying to get out while I can. Granted, not giving him away by any stretch of the imagination, but I probably wouldn't try to negotiate too hard over it either. <laughs> You'd be like, okay, but can I have the 203 and also like a fourth round pick just to make myself feel better? Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm i down with that. Uh, sadly, I have to move on from being an Amari Cooper truther. You know, it just is what it is, right? And you know, hopefully, hopefully with Cleveland, it all proves, proves us wrong and they are a much more dynamic offense this season. And Stefanski really opens up the playbook for the team and uh um they prove us both wrong I'd yeah be totally willing to admit something? that sure i mean i i will not publicly i'll well, admit no. it to myself yeah but yeah. never publicly I, I never admit when i'm wrong out, out in the world <laughs> uh nor will i admit when i'm wrong if julio jones ends up dominating this year however I don't think it's likely. I'm sorry. I think that the days of Julio are officially gone. So I do want to talk about him here. It might seem obvious to a lot of people. He's he's Julio Jones. We know and love what he's done in the past. He's now 33 years old, however, and had just one game last year. Admittedly, he was injured, but just one game where he finished with more than 10 fantasy points. He's now without a team, without a home. He will get signed somewhere if he mm -hmm. wants to be. He'll be picked up by somebody after the NFL draft occurs. He'll sign with a team. And yep. God love him. You know, if he signs with, say, a Green Bay, for example, people will go nuts for Julio Jones again. That's going to happen. And I'm going to have to contain myself uh, if that happens, if, if Julio signs with the Packers. Because I mean, the I... irrational part of me wants to love him. Absolutely. I mean, if that were to happen, hypothetically... Yes, I would love it for real football. Um, I just don't know, you know, kind of like you, I don't know how great that would be fantasy-wise. I mean, it's definitely the best spot, I, I would say, for fantasy. And that's not just a homer take for once. I think that's legitimately <laughs> the best option that he has. Mm -hmm. Maybe New Orleans would be KC. second or close to that. Yeah, sure. You're starting to muddy the waters, I think, with Juju and Kelsey and... Oh, not MBS. I almost said Mark was Valdez standing. <laughs> I caught myself there. He's not muddying anything. But yeah, I do think that that's still a respectable spot. But the point being, hold him for now, only for now, because you're not going to get really that much for Julio. 
But the point is, there's going to be somebody in your league when he signs that thinks to themselves, last year was a fluke. Mm -hmm. Last year was all because of the injuries to Julio and not the fact that he is unfortunately just getting older as we all do. But you can find a league mate and find a league mate who uses Dynasty Trade Calculator, DTC, by the way, because I punched in his trade value and I punched in the trade value of another former, well, current Falcon, I should say, Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones valued insanely close in that calculator right now. Meaning you could basically trade Julio for Calvin Ridley almost straight up according to that trade oh, calculator. I was going to say, that that's not the case. Uh, I'm in the middle of a dynasty startup right now, and we're in the middle of the 17th round, and Julio is still out there. No one has drafted wow. him yet. Wow. Yeah. Again, wait until he actually gets on, latches on with one of these teams. I, I'm not saying that he's going to skyrocket up into the 10th round if something like that by any means, but think that he will definitely raise another interesting one just because i'm trying to figure out okay well we want to get rid of julio who are we getting rid of of julio for though don't want to mm -hmm. just want to do it to do it but a guy like rob gronkowski honestly and i know he's still non-committal about coming back to tampa bay that's just because he doesn't want to have to deal with training camp let's be honest he is just a veteran who wants to enjoy the majority of his summer until most of the hard and unnecessary work is over, and he will go back to Tampa Bay. So if you mm -hmm. can do that trade, the benefit of a Gronk is going to be crazy, crazy high compared to the benefit of a Julio. So I would make that trade all day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely wait until he gets signed. That's going to be your best best opportunity to sell when the buzz is really high, assuming he goes to a, a favorable team. I, I'm right there with you, Jake, on that one. Otherwise, he just may die on your bench. And that happens. It's okay for players to do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's definitely worth holding. Uh, I mean, if, if say, he signs with a, a not favorable team, don't cut him. By all means, don't cut him. Because he's no. going to have a week or two where he blows up and gets like 20 points. And then, then you throw him on your trade block and actively try to shop him. Someone will give you like a second round pick, especially if they're like a competing team and they, they need a, like a depth piece, then that's the time to really just pull the trigger and, and, and sell high. But yeah, if he doesn't sign at a good spot, just hold on to him. It, it, it'll be better in the long run for you. It'll happen. You'll get your opportunity. That's right. Okay, this next player I want to talk about here, um, this, this is probably my most controversial one um, on, on the sheet here, and that's Travis Kelsey. I know that is, which is still considered in many circles these tight end one still after all these years. Uh, and again, this has nothing to do with his talent, but he is getting older. He's 32 now, I believe. Um, and I just. He's going to fall off the cliff here. Um, his his. His end is coming sooner rather than later uh, he's 32 this year so he's going into his probably age 33 season here once the season starts how many tight ends have made it past this age without seeing a, a significant decline I and mean, we saw it with jimmy graham he was great until he wasn't you know um who uh, i mean i i 
drawing a blank on all the great tight ends that were out there. Uh, even but, even guys like Delaney Walker, you saw mm-hmm. this happen to, and not that Delaney Walker was up to the caliber of Travis Kelsey, right. but you saw that immediate drop off. Yes. So will it happen this year? Probably not. Let's be honest. But we did see some chinks in the armor for the uh, KC offense last year. Went a little bit slower than than typical. Uh, didn't score as many points. So Kelsey was affected by that. Granted, he's kind of the de facto number one on this team this season or coming into the season right now. So yes, he'll still be peppered with targets. But again, this is a time you want to sell high. You can get him for a young stud up and coming tight end or someone maybe that's that one tier below that that next level of tight end plus some more. You you don't want to sell him after he's already hit the cliff and he loses a bunch of value. Sell high while you can. Get a first plus for him, especially in a super flex league. Like you could, you can get a first plus easy for him at this point for a team that's really going to try for the championship. Yeah, it'll be a later first, but if you get a first plus, say like a uh, Albert <gasps> O or Fryermuth or Pat Fryermuth or uh, Adam Troutman, you know, one of these young tight ends that has flashed and shown a little bit already. It'll totally be worth it in the end. And it's this is more a matter of I not me believing in him. Like, his talent's going to be good. He's going to be good probably for this season. So it may sting to see him on your um, opponent's roster and scoring a bunch of points against you this season. But in the long run, you're going to be doing yourself a favor. It is hard for me to ever advocate for getting rid of a top-tier tight end because I know the struggle too much. Me. Personally, mm-hmm. this guy who cannot pick out a sleeper tight end to save his life. It gives me palpitations to see you talk about it. But if you are in that mindset and you feel comfortable either streaming or, again, digging some of these gems out, then then I say go for it. And to your point, uh, yeah, a first round plus, again, somebody that you're confident in. Again, for me, it'd be Pat Fryermuth, but I don't know anything. Or you could alternatively, what do you think about this, Dustin? Get the guy who I believe is the next Kelsey, maybe better, in Kyle Pitts. You would have to give up more mm-hmm. on your side for Kelsey to get Kyle Pitts. That's the reality of it. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm still fine doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think that would be a totally great move. Because, um, again, you're getting younger and someone who is, you know, we saw what he did last year was scoring no touchdowns, basically, with Pitts. Add a bunch of touchdowns into the mix. I mean, he's he's going to be right up there um, just knocking on the door of one overall, if not the first tight end overall, uh, come the end of the season. So I like that move too, Jake. Knock, knock, knock. Who's there? Kyle Pitts about to break down the fucking door. That's what he says. I'm a man. When they ask. That's what Kyle Pitts does. Uh, I, you know, I want to talk about this guy because you actually just brought him up as somebody that you would be going out and trying to trade for in this situation of a young tight end that you believe has breakout potential. I'm on the opposite side of this with you, so I'm very excited to talk about Adam Troutmania Troutman. He is going into his third year with the New Orleans Saints. Now, Mm -hmm. I previously was all about that Troutmania. I heard it, I felt it, I was into it. Now, all of a sudden, I'm not sure. And this is 
historically the point where tight ends break out is year three or mm-hmm. about. So I understand. However, what has me terrified is he's now stuck behind Taysom Hill basically through 2025 because Taysom Hill, Hill's contract is insane. He is one of the highest paid tight ends now. And that's because Sean Payton thought, well, he's basically a quarterback and a tight end. Ha 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 ha. Except now Jameis Winston is the quarterback and Taysom Hill has to go back to just being a tight end an occasional running back, you know. Um, but he's clogging the way for Adam Troutman. And that's mm-hmm. what I don't like about it. And it makes me uneasy to think how long he's going to be stuck there having to fight for scraps. So I am of the mind where if you have somebody latching on to the name of Adam Troutman or the breakout potential, again, this is me, non-tight end guy, saying I want to get whatever value I can for him. At this point, it's not going to be a ton, though, and I understand that. If I can get, if I could get somebody like Rashad Bateman, if I sent away Adam Troutman and a low second-round pick, I'm doing that. I'm doing mm-hmm. that. Because if, if he's that piece that you can throw into a trade offer to get somebody that you really want, that's the kind of move that I want to make with Adam Troutman. Yeah, and I think that is a very good point, Jake, that you made there. Um, that It is a new coaching staff now, and with Taysom Hill, and that whole situation with him probably not playing quite as much quarterback as we've seen in the past out of that team, uh, with Jameis resigning there. So I think that's a good thing to remember that, yeah, with Taysom, he's, you know he's going to be involved because he does make plays, let's be honest. Right. Uh, it's it's frustrating for fantasy players, but he does he does produce when he's on the field. So smart coaches will get him the ball in his hands, however they can, uh, which will probably eat into Troutman's production, unfortunately. So yeah, I I can't say I really thought about it that way um, at all this off season so far. But now that you bring that up, that that does temper my expectations slightly for him. I just blew your mind. I did it. You, you did it. Way did to go, it. Jake. I feel, I feel I feel good about it. Who do you want to Who do you want to mind blow me with here, Dustin? Ooh, man, that sounds so dirty. <laughs> That's what I do. Um, who do I want to talk about next? Uh, I see some very interesting names on this list, by the way. I know that listeners can't uh, see this, but I can. And I'm very interested in a couple of these guys. So I'm curious to see who you're going to talk about. Um, I'm going to switch here and say Tyler Lockett is the next player I want to talk about here. Um, You know, new quarterback coming in. His boy, Russ, who that's all he's played with his whole career, you know, that that's a tough thing to lose your your number one uh, quarterback. And I'm just not sure what Drew Locke or if Seattle drafts a rookie this uh, in the the NFL draft here in a couple weeks, if that does anything for Tyler Lockett. Yes. Would Drew Locke be better for Lockett? Probably because. He likes to YOLO it down the field and he has the cannon and throws it deep. But we have seen that DK Metcalf is kind of that number one on the team and, and commands 
that kind of volume. Um, and he's just a physical freak of nature. God, he's a, he's a man's man. Um, and, and I know there's been rumors about Tyler Lockett possibly getting traded yet here, uh, to another team. Uh, and, and Tyler Lockett's always been very boomer bust. And I don't see how that changes now. Um, uh, especially now that he's working with a new quarterback. Or like I said, even if he does get traded, how that would play in, you know, scheme wise with another team. So um I was always willing to take that chance on Tyler Lockett because his value was always pretty fair, a little, you know, slightly on the depressed side where um you didn't have to pay too much for him, knowing that you're getting those boom bus weeks. I mean, the weeks you had him and he and he um boomed for you, I mean you won your week easily because that's the type of week he would put up um but otherwise he's you know not skunk you but pretty damn close and it's i guess i just i don't see how any of that improves moving forward it's tough because i want to believe that tyler lockett is quarterback proof to the point that any quarterback who's going to chuck it downfield, he'll be fine. But that's not reality. Because mm-hmm. Russell Wilson is not just a YOLO ball chucker. That's not what he did. No. That's not... People have that misrepresentation of him sometimes, I think. But he was not that guy. I mean, it's not like he didn't throw deep. But it wasn't just to throw it up. No. Towards the end. It, it, was, it was either a design play or the wide receiver was... He saw the wide receiver was open and would throw it because the wide receiver was open. Yeah, he wasn't just throwing up a 50-50 ball just to chuck it downfield. Right. And so it's like, well, Tyler Lockett benefited from Russell Wilson, not Mm -hmm. just a strong-armed quarterback. So I do think that there's some danger in just assuming Lock's going to come in and he'll be basically okay. Mm -hmm. I I don't think he will be. If he does get traded, to your point, though, because I do think that Tyler Lockett gets traded post-draft, and a lot of these moves now, we're in a stalled phase until the actual NFL draft happens. And then yeah. after that, we'll see a bunch of movement. I think Lockett could get traded. This is wishful thinking of going to Green Bay because I would like <laughs> to see him there as a field stretcher that we would desperately need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and would you rather trade him now or would you want to wait it out to see if he gets traded? I would probably want to wait it out just to see what happens with the draft, especially like you said, we're so close to the draft here happening in a couple weeks. It's like at this point, let's just wait and see. Uh, does Seattle bring in another wide receiver? I know they just drafted one last year uh, fairly early on, but we never know what teams are thinking. So they could draft someone else, which would affect his value or potentially could. Um, but yeah, wait and see if he's traded. I mean, there, there's a lot of factors here. So I would just kind of hold out at least until after the draft to see how that shakes out. Fair. Because whatever the situation is, it's not going to get worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it could only improve, and then his trade value could only improve from there. So mm-hmm. I, I respect that. All right. Should All we right. do one more each here? Yeah. Let's let's do it. I uh you know what I'm gonna I want to take a little bonus one just at the very end, if that's okay. I I've already taken claim, and it's because I'm kind con- no, of contractually obligated to talk about that guy, but I don't want to talk about him just yet. I want to hit fine. one more. Okay. Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker just got traded, and so everybody's excited now because anytime a wide receiver changes teams, people get excited. So Devontae Parker goes to New England. Okay, so he's done with his long seven-year stint in Miami. 
And there's now this thing of Devontae Parker, he goes to the top of the depth chart with the Patriots, right? Mm -hmm. He's the guy that Mac Jones is now going to target. Okay, maybe. Is he? But the, the thing is, your league mates might be attached to any, again, any name that gets a fresh start, like Devontae Parker. But if mm -hmm. they actually look back at Parker, he's only finished. This is ridiculous. He's only finished as a wide receiver three tier, meaning top 36 in a season, once in his seven years. Wide receiver three oh. or better, once. Oof. Now, to be fair to him, some of that is just because he misses games. And, yes. and that's an aspect to Devontae Parker that you have to bake in regardless. I know we talk about injury prone and all that, but it's Devontae Parker. You have to factor that in no matter where he is going. He had one season where he's wide receiver 11 back in 2019. Okay, great. His biggest competition over seven years for targets is guys like Jarvis Landry, Kenny Stills, Mike Gesicki, Albert Wilson. I guess. I don't know. That's basically where it falls off. Those are the only legitimate names that he's played with outside of like running backs who are going to get dump offs that he's had to fight with targets for. It's not assumed or I don't think it should be assumed that he goes to be the number one by default on mm -hmm. New England. He's going there with guys who I think are good for real NFL, Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne, even Nelson Aguilar. I know people like to shit on that dude a ton. Sometimes that's me. Sometimes I'm the shitter. But he is a legitimate piece to that team that I don't think is going away. And more importantly, a guy like Hunter Henry, maybe even Jonu Smith, big asterisk there, mm -hmm. could get involved and get in the way. So there is nothing guaranteed with Devontae Parker. So if you are at a point in your leagues where somebody's willing to send a second rounder for him, I'm doing it and I'm doing it immediately. Yeah, absolutely. I I am out on him. I still think Jacoby Myers is going to be the de facto number one. That's a word I'm using all night tonight, de facto. Uh, <laughs> I just realized that I'm, I'm repeating myself. Uh, word of the day, I, toilet paper? I'm not supposed to tell anyone. Uh, yes, but I do think Jacoby Myers holds on to that number one wide receiver role. Him and Mac Jones already have established a relationship. Uh, and Jacoby Myers looked really good last year. He finally got in the end zone. Uh, he produced pretty well. I know. Happy for that guy. So, and Parker, I just, I've been burned too many times. Like, he just hasn't produced consistently. And I just, I just don't believe it'll happen this year. So, yeah, I, if you can, I, yeah, if you can get a second, I think that's great. I, that, that, that's basically stealing at that point. Yeah. Even if it's a late second. Or if there's a guy out there. I don't know. I keep coming back to the same name. Okay, let's bring one from the top of the show. Barclays Hollywood Brown for Devontae Parker and a third. Which side are you taking? Ugh, Brown. Yeah. Yeah, pretty easily. He's, he's, Brown. He's, yeah, he stayed healthier. He's got more upside. I mean, we saw some of that upside this last season. Um, and he's younger. So for all those reasons. Yep. Agreed. All right, who do you want to cut bait on here as as your finale? You can have a bonus one too. I don't no, know, I don't. I don't, I don't need a bonus one. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll let you have the final word here, Jake. That's fine. I I don't care. So um, I don't know who I want to talk about here. I'm 
gonna be you guys, I guess. Um, why don't you pick one of mine, Jake? Tell me who I should talk about here. I <gasps> oh can't my God, it. are you really allowing me to do this? Yeah, okay. let's have some fun oh, with it. This is the moment I've waited for forever because as soon as I saw his name on this list, I, I needed as much information as possible on Michael Thomas. Let's do it. Oh, that was not the one I was expecting you to pick, but... Oh, you thought my guy, just a spoiler alert, my guy Chris Carson, is that who you thought I'd be? I, I did. I, I really did. I'm going to be honest. Um, I'm slowly coming around to, to your side, I think, on that. But no, Michael yeah. Thomas, I'm very curious about. Yeah, I, the big thing for me is he hasn't played football in two years now. That's a long time to miss. And granted, this last season seemed like he was doing it just because he didn't want to play for Sean Payton. But who says he wants to stay in New Orleans? I mean, there's there's been... Granted, we haven't heard anything from him, but we really didn't hear anything from him all last season until all of a sudden he had to have this mystery surgery uh, late in the season. So I just, it's hard to tell where his head's at. Um, I don't know what the new coaching staff has said to him or if they've had any conversations. I, I would assume they have since he hasn't been traded or there hasn't been whispers of trades at this point. But he is two years removed from playing any football whatsoever. And granted, when we saw him play last, he was playing at a very high level. But again, two years removed from football. This 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 is not one of those things I don't feel like. And granted, I'm not a pro football player, so I feel like I'm talking a little what? bit out of my ass here. Um, I don't feel like this is something where you can just, after two years, flip the switch back on and play at a high level. I don't care what Keanu Reeves did in the replacements. All right. <laughs> and, and he even struggled early on. Let's be honest. Uh, First of all, how really dare you? <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, I have a hard time believing he's going to come back in football shape with a new quarterback. He hasn't played with yet. And has he been practicing? No. Are they maybe practicing together here in the off season somewhere else, you know, in Florida or, California or something, maybe. Who knows? But he hasn't played with Jameis. Uh, and it's a whole new coaching staff. I just there's so many question marks there that I'm just out on him. And and when he does come back, assuming he does, let's assume he does come back. Yeah. Is he gonna be a diva and demand the ball and throw a fit if the offense doesn't go through him? I mean, there's just so many questions there that I just I don't even want to be any part of it. So yours, your logic on this is more of the it's not worth the headache to roster yeah. Michael Thomas. You're you're acknowledging if he comes back and he plays, even in New Orleans with the new coaching staff and Jameis Winston, would you still say that he's, you know, a a lock for a top 15 season or thereabout? It's hard to say. I would I would want to say yes. Okay. But there's so much talent in the league and I mean, let's be honest. Top 15, I mean, we could we could rattle off 15 players pretty easily and probably not get Michael Thomas in there. Is does he have that ceiling? Obviously, yes. Um could he finish top 5? Sure, he could. Like like we've he finished number 1 you know, two seasons ago. So it, it can definitely happen. But I just, I don't know. There's just something there that I'm just not comfortable with. And I mean, if I think if you have him on your team right now, you're kind of stuck with him. 
at least until he produces a little bit in in the regular season or maybe once training camp starts and he's actually playing and there's a little bit of hype around him um i don't think you'd be able to get decent value right now but he's definitely someone that i would want to get off my team if i had him interesting yeah we we definitely fall on different sides of this and this mm-hmm. is why it would be beautiful if we were in a league together because I would be the guy who's like, okay, you don't want him on your team, you give him to my team. And it is because of the upside. He's a guy where I'm comfortable holding because I know how great it looks when he's actually out there doing his thing. Just for reference, you, you already alluded to it, but I just want to put concrete numbers next to it. In his four seasons where he played the full season. He played mm-hmm. a little bit in, in 2020. He played a handful of games. So it's not been two full years since we saw him, but basically. But he averaged almost 1,400 yards per season in his first four years. I mean, a lot of that came on the, the 2019 season, which was like mm-hmm. historic. But even if you take that away, it's still basically like 1,250 yards per season. That's the Michael Thomas in this offense as of now where he's the he's it it's him it's what uh traquan smith i guess marquez calloway that's uh, kind of it and Taysom hill as we talked about mm-hmm. you know those are the options there for Jameis winston who we just maybe it's me in those days in tampa bay but i can't get that out of my mind of Jameis playing with michael thomas so i think the value you're getting i want to i want to run this by you if somebody offers you the 112 rookie pick, all right, last in the first round for this year, Michael Thomas, are you smash and accept? What was that again? You're getting the 112 this year in this rookie draft for Michael Thomas. Are you the 112? Yep. Yes. You're smashing. Absolutely. Are you accepting a mid second round pick right now for Michael Thomas? I might. I might, um, really depending on how my team looks, but yeah, I might. See, that's that's where I fall off the wagon, is because this is the old, we use it all the time on this show, but it's the family guy. It could be anything. It could be a boat. That 206 mm-hmm. pick, it could be a boat. It could be Michael Thomas. Well, we have Michael Thomas, or the artist formerly known as Michael Thomas, on our rosters right now, and I'm thinking it's a lot easier to get him back towards his floor than it is to get the mid-second round pick up to that same level. Because it mm-hmm. is just so dynamite when he actually plays. But. So how about um, getting back to a player we were talking about earlier with Amari Cooper? Because we were talking like a 205-ish mid-second, mm-hmm. and we were saying how he's probably like a mid-range wide receiver too. Which 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 player are you more interested in? Michael Thomas. Okay. Because of the... The history there, not with the new offense or with Jameis, but his personal history, the personal history of Jameis Winston and what he can do for wide receivers. And just the fact that like, we've never seen Amari Cooper really sniff what Michael Thomas did in his days. And they're basically comparable in age. Actually, that's not true. Amari Cooper is always like 19 years old. He never, <laughs> ever gets older. So, <laughs> But no, I think I would take Mark up. Michael Thomas there pretty pretty easily. Okay. All right, Jake, take us home. 
All right, I am contractually obligated in a scenario such as this to talk about Robbie Anderson. Robbie Robert Bob Anderson. You know him as the second target, well, potentially, at least amongst wide receivers on the Carolina Panthers. What have the Carolina Panthers done this offseason to address their quarterback shambles? Absolutely nothing to this Mm -hmm. point. They've come out with platitudes about Sam Darnold and how they believe that he can be just fine for them if they need to do that. And you know what? I believe that they believe that, and that terrifies (laughs) me. It's the fact that we could have Sam Darnold starting like eight to ten games for them pretty easily this year. Their track record together is terrible. Robbie Anderson is just this this boiling pot of lava uh, that I don't have any uh, cooking mitts other than to hang on to with. And so I I want him. You're maybe getting two third round picks for him. And you know what? I'm taking it. Oh, absolutely. Justin, I'm fucking taking it. Oh, two thirds. I, I probably wouldn't even blink at it. I mean, I think that's pretty good value. <laughs> it's just like, I do think that he has that thing, which drew me to him initially is that remember that one stretch of that one season where he was like the wide receiver four for your fantasy playoffs. I think there's still some people out there Mm -hmm. who are tied to that. And thus, you can get a deal done. Just get him off your team. Cut him? I I honestly think he could be a better landmine for another person's team. He's the only person on this, either of our lists, that I would even suggest doing that with. I don't think you have to, though. I think you can get something out of him, at least, like I said, a couple of thirds. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a great place to end it here, Jake. Um, great show tonight. That was a lot of fun. Um, I like it. Yeah, yeah. We're on the opposite sides of things there for quite a number of the those players, so that's good. We're not always eye to eye, so that, that makes it fun. Sometimes um, we're eye to crotch, you know? I, that's I just wish. how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> that can be arranged post-show, but we'll talk yeah. about that later. That's right. All right. So, folks, thank you for joining us this evening. Uh, that That's going to wrap it up for tonight. Um, please go out, give us a rate and review, subscribe to us wherever your, your podcast app is. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit the little bell. Get notifications when we go live. It's the only way you're going to see these beautiful faces uh, every single week. Uh, remember, we do stream pretty much every Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. We started a little bit early tonight. But um, we're, we're pretty much tried and true every single Tuesday evening. So, um, yeah, please join us. Hit us with those drunk trades. Hit our DMs uh, at Drake Trowbridge. Hit his DMs up. He loves getting your DMs. Um, hit our podcast up at Drinking Fantasy. We will definitely take all your drunk trades there. Hit me up at FF Dusty Dog if you so choose. I can hand out life lessons if you need them. Um <laughs> And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers.